you know, if your networking is supposed to be building relationships, then this doesn't end when you leave the event. Welcome to The Success Club, the podcast where we delve into all things business, marketing, mindset, and how to succeed as an entrepreneur. I'm your host, Shakira Jade, multiple seven-figure business owner and business coach with a passion for helping people succeed and blaze their own trail in business. If you are ready to up-level your skills, your mindset, and step into your next level self, then you've come to the right place. Think of me as your business bestie, as we navigate the ups and downs of entrepreneurship and life. Each week, I'll be taking you through business strategies, along with resources and actionable steps so that you can make your wildest dreams a reality. I invite you to be a part of the Success Club by subscribing to this podcast so that you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for pressing play today. And now let's get into it. Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I am so excited for you guys to listen in on my conversation today with Lauren. She is a really accomplished and award-winning small business specialist, and she loves helping entrepreneurs achieve their best business potential through strategic planning and streamlined systems. She's actually been in small business management for over 15 years, and she loves working with business owners. And she is also the founder of the brunch club, which I am super excited to be speaking at this week. Um, So I thought today's episode is a perfect time to release this episode with Lauren because I'll be speaking at her event this week. Now, one thing I love about the brunch club is that it's not your typical networking event. It is a really unique event, which combines the charm of a casual brunch and a TEDx style talk. So everyone that goes has the opportunity to connect with other individuals in a really relaxed setting. There's no business cards. There's no sales pitches, nothing like that. We get to enjoy delicious food and drinks and then listen to guest speakers who are leaders in their field. So I am very excited to be speaking. We are actually going to be donating all of the proceeds to a charity. I have selected Rise Up, which is a local charity here on the Gold Coast that helps women affected by domestic violence, because this is something I'm very passionate about. And I'm just really excited that we can raise proceeds for them. So it's going to be an amazing event. I know that a lot of you listening to this are probably not local to the Gold Coast where I live, but if you are, definitely come along and join us. We would love to have you there. And now let's get into the episode with Lauren. Thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast, Lauren. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. That's amazing. It's going to be such a great episode. I can't wait to be chatting all about business and events and everything. I met you uh, probably, it might have been a year ago now, actually, at one of your networking events that you run on the Gold Coast. Um, And I remember meeting you and just thinking you were so lovely and so vibrant and I was very excited to meet you and the events that you run are absolutely incredible. I've thoroughly enjoyed attending and they've been so amazing. So I'm very excited to have you here on the podcast talking about how you kind of have gotten to where you are and created these amazing events and how your business has operated so far. So let's start right back at the beginning. Um, If you could give us a little bit of insight to your career and your journey in business and how you got to where you are today, that would be amazing. 
great. I started in our family business, which is a panel shop or smash repairs, uh, when I was a teenager. And I did everything from sweep the floors to eventually um, quoting and doing the admin stuff. Um, I spent, I think, 11 years in automotive. I was running shops and I had a big team of guys and all of that sort of stuff happening. I left there and I went to financial advice. Um, I was in that office. It was a big office. It was like 50 people for about nine months. And then I started in powerhouse pretty much out of need. Um, I wasn't working at financial advice anymore and I could not get a job. I applied for everything. Um, and I'd always spoken about wanting to start my own thing. Um, I've always had that feeling of I want to do my own thing and I want to have an impact and that sort of stuff. So I kind of got forced into starting my business. Um, but it's been amazing. And that was, uh, what am I coming up to? I'm at seven and a half years now, coming up to eight in August. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. I love that. Mm. That's so cool that you started out working in your family business at such a young age. That must have been so beneficial for helping you yes I got a lot of opportunities um, as far as learning how a business works really from the ground up and I mean I have masked up cars and sanded them down for the paintwork and just the whole thing so I really understand understood anyway everything about that business and then I was doing the finances and the payroll and winning contracts with, uh, we were one of the first Toyota repairers on the Gold Coast and all sorts of stuff. So I got to do a lot of cool things and I was in a management position from early 20s, um, which is a lot of responsibility and I probably wasn't the best manager at that time because, I don't know, your brain's not fully developed. <laughs> you think you know everything, a bit of a hot shot. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I got to do and learn and experience a lot of things in a very short amount of time. So I was already 10 years into a career by the time most people are finishing uni or even thinking about starting a business themselves. So, yeah, pretty cool. That's awesome. I love that. And I think that's so cool that you were able to be a part of your family business and you could kind of, you know, I guess, make those mistakes or learn those lessons in that kind of family environment, which is really awesome. And it's so cool mm. too, that you were able to, you know, take, help take that business, you know, on a journey through, through becoming, you know, like you said, with the Gold Coast first Toyota repairer and sort of take it through those phases of gaining new contracts and, you know, putting yourself out there or proposing, proposing contracts and things like that. That would have been definitely a lot for someone in their early twenties. So that's amazing. Mm. I love that. So where is your business today? Like what do you do today and where is it now? Uh, I started in Powerhouse because I actually wanted to be a life coach, funnily enough. Okay. Uh, I went and did a, um, a course. Um, when I say a course, I mean uh, the Diploma of Coaching and NLP and all of that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. But I have had all of two life coaching clients in my entire seven and a half years. Mm -hmm. um, I was helping a lot of people with my business. So I have done everything from social media management, writing blogs, doing websites, um, and just kind of got into a groove of, okay, people don't know what I know when it comes to setting up systems and looking at the process and looking at what each part of the business needs and, and being able to put all of that together. So my business now is 
sitting down with business owners like yourself, one-on-one, working out where they are now, where they want to be, what's holding them back, you know, how we can get around some of these issues and set them up with things, systems, processes, automations to make their life easier. Uh, I do a lot of integrations as well. So one system to another, getting them to flow on as they're supposed to. And I've done staff training and all of that sort of thing as well. So putting in a system and then teaching the owner and their team how to how to use that and just make their lives a bit easier. And um, yeah, systems tend to be my major thing and the strategy that goes behind that. And then also I have the networking events, as you mentioned, as well. Amazing. That's so cool. I, I feel like I'm always going on about systems on this podcast too, because it's so important. And I, in my business, I know I didn't implement any systems for a long time. I just started my business and then started operating and then go to hire my first person and be like, Oh, hang on a second. They're not doing things the way that I do them. We're doing things completely different. Like maybe I need to work out some kind of a system. And I think that happens to a lot of business owners. They start out with a great idea and, you know, they see the business is working, but they don't put those foundational pieces in place. And then things just start to get out of hand and get kind of messy and things can get a little bit crazy. So I'd love to know as well, what are your favorite systems or what are your favorite pieces of software for implementing those sorts of automated systems? Oh, good one. Number one on everyone's list should be bookkeeping. So zero and something else to go with it, like HubDoc or Dext. If you don't know what those are, you take a photo of the thing you just spent money on for your business. It has to be business related and it uploads it to your bookkeeping system for you. Um, those things, and you can send through invoices and emails and stuff too, but those things will make your life so much easier and it will save you a lot of time and a lot of stress at the other end, especially when we're talking about tax and end of year and payroll and bringing people on and all of that sort of thing. So number one is always going to be an accounting system or bookkeeping system. I think that you need to have something automated to manage your diary and to set appointments or to receive appointments. If you're service-based, of course, you need a website if you're a product-based business. And of course, you know, social media, having an online presence, having the online real estate so that people can find you. Yes, absolutely. I agree. I'm glad you said those programs because they are the exact same ones that I use. So (laughs) they're the best having the hub doc and just being able to send the photo and it like reads the photo for you and puts it in your zero. It's absolutely a game changer. And it's so time consuming when you're doing your bookkeeping like the old fashioned way. So There's a reason people hate bookkeeping and it just doesn't need to be that way. If you use the tools and they're set up properly, it makes your life so much easier and you can pay someone else to not have to just do data entry. They can actually effectively run or manage the money in your business. So game changing. Yeah, I agree completely. It's working smarter, not harder, which is what we're all about. (laughs) Um, Amazing. That's so cool. And then I guess what I would love to talk to you about is events because I have attended your events and I absolutely loved attending them. And I'm going to be speaking at the next one, which I'm also very excited about. Um, It's going to be so good. And just one thing I noticed when I went to your event was obviously how well it was organized, how well everything was structured. It felt very calm. I've been to a lot of events that feel very chaotic and they feel very like rushed or 
not organized properly. And just from like a, I guess, an attendee's perspective, it's nice to go to an event that feels very calm and organized and, you know, it's got a nice structure to it. And I think as well, I, I know that you make a big effort to greet everybody as they come in, make them feel really at home, introduce them to people. I've never felt like I was uncomfortable at your event. I felt like I was there with new friends and I was meeting new people, but it just felt so at ease. And I've just been to so many events where I have not felt that way. So I think you're doing something very strategically to just create these really a beautiful events. So I would just love to know, like, what is your philosophy, I guess, on creating such amazing events? Thank you. I love that so much. I can quit now. I'm good. <laughs> um, I, like I mentioned, I worked in busy businesses. So big teams, lots of people, phones going all the time. So when I went to working on my own, it was just myself and my dog and he's super cute, but he snores all day and he's really not much conversation. <laughs> and I had a whole bunch of friends. And I love my friends, but they were all employees. So they're doing nine to five. And I'm talking about stuff that they just didn't get. And God love them. Some of them would go, well, why don't you just get a job again? Like if it's too hard, just quit. I'm like, "Uh, no friend, that's not how this works. So I went to some networking events. And like you said, it was uncomfortable. There were lots of people in the room. I got lots of business cards, lots of sales pitches. But it was just small talk after small talk. And I can tell you that nothing drives me crazier than uh, empty small talk. I just, I wanted more. I wanted to actually connect with people. So I figured that if I was walking out feeling like I need a shower, like this just, this isn't my thing, then other people must be feeling that way as well. So I put a list together, love me a little list. And I wanted to have a speaker to share their knowledge and their experience and their story. They didn't necessarily have to be a speaker, if you will. They just needed to be prepared to share. Um, I wanted to do it on a Friday because yay for Fridays. Uh, Have a glass of champagne and some brunch. um, Do some charity fundraising and that sort of stuff. And I love that we're going to do that for your event next month as well. And I just put it together that, okay, I'm going to pay the speaker for their time because then they are turning up and feeling like they're, they're being valued for one. They've got a platform. They can share what they want to share without having to make this a moment where they're going to meet someone and pitch them. And there's so much pressure, I think, around networking events where you feel like you have to make the most of every second that you're there. And that's where I think that that feeling of awkwardness comes from or can come from because it feels like you're being circled by sharks. And I didn't want that. I wanted I wanted an event where people could turn up as they are, having being able to take off all hats so they're just turning up as Shakira or they're just turning up as Lauren. They get to talk about the thing that's on their mind. They get to share where they're at, they get to discuss business stuff, they get to hear other people's stuff. And I do find, as much as I know my speakers do an amazing job, and I have had, we've been at this for five and a half years, I have had incredible person after incredible person speak at my events. I'm very fortunate for the caliber of human beings that I have come to these things. 
um, both as guests and speakers. And uh, I always get though people coming to me afterwards and going, you know what, the speaker was great, but I had this conversation with this lady that I just met or this person that I just met and holy wow, they blew my mind and I love that. And then I get to watch on, you know, social media and crease everybody, I get to watch all of these connections and friendships and collaborations form and it's so cool. So That is so cool. There we go. <laughs> that was amazing. the intention. <laughs> oh, well, you've definitely succeeded in that intention 100%. And you're almost like a business matchmaker, I feel like, because <laughs> it's just all these connections, you know. That's my catchphrase. I yeah. know someone who does that. I yeah. it used to be I know a guy, but now it's like I know a girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's amazing. Yeah. And I think I think as well, like after COVID especially, everybody is just really craving that human connection. Like we were so, mm-hmm. you know, pulled apart by COVID and isolated. And I think I really think in 2024 events are going to in-person events are going to become even bigger than they have ever been before because not only do we endure COVID and being isolated, but a lot of people now are working from home too, or they've started their own business and they're on their own. And as I'm sure you would relate, when you do start your own business, it feels so isolating. And I was in the exact same position as you, as a lot of my friends weren't running businesses and I couldn't talk to them about the challenges I was going through because they just didn't understand. They tried, but they just couldn't understand what was going on. So I think the fact that you've been able to create this event and, you know, continue for five and a half years, one is amazing. That's such a long standing period of time, which is so, so good. Um, and the fact that you've been able to have so many different speakers and help people make connections, it's such a, such a beautiful thing. What would you say to someone out there, if someone's listening and they're thinking they would like to create an event, what advice would you give to them? I think you need to be really clear on what it is that you are setting out to do. For me, Brunch Club, uh, which is the name of my event, is um, it's never been about making money. It's it's always been about making connections. And that was the thing. I was making money. I was just lonely and miserable and had a history of mental health. So I was picking up cues that, you know, this isn't going well now. You need to, you need to get out of your four walls. So for me, it was all about connections. And I knew what my market was. I knew who the people that I wanted to spend more time with were. So it's identifying that. So these are the people that I want to have this event for. This is the reason that I want to have this event or the why, if you will. And this is what we're going to do. And get really clear for yourself first so that you can easily introduce this to somebody that you're talking to. And I have this conversation all the time. Yes, I've been doing it for five and a half years. So you'll hear me every time I welcome people to the brunch club. I pretty much say the same thing and introduce them to this is why we're here. This is my intention and then get on with the day. But what you need to be able to do is have that in 30 seconds and people call it a 30 second spiel but you do need to be able to say to someone this is my event this is when it's on this is what we do and this is why you should come this is what you're probably going to get out of it so I think getting clear on those things first um, some people will have more money behind them than others so my next suggestion is to look at the money side of things I know exactly what my cost per head is going to be and how many people I'm going to be bringing to a venue. So the next part of this is work out 
what you can do with the money that you have or don't have. Mm -hmm. Can you do it as a cost per person? And can you, you know, organize to have a certain room or a certain menu or, you know, whatever your event is going to be. For me, I approached the venue that I wanted to work with. I went and check out the space first. I had a look at the menu and I said, I'm just going to pick certain things from the menu that I know are going to work for my crowd. I'd had been doing this for a little while, um, offering the whole the whole menu on a breakfast menu as a bad time because I'm the one who has to take all the orders. But anyway, um, working out how much you're going to include, what that's going to cost, and then obviously applying that cost to your market. So if your market is in the middle range and you are, reasonably accessible for most people not the top end of the scale not the bottom end of the scale but sitting in the middle then you need to have your event priced in the middle somewhere if you are putting on a high-end event obviously your costs are going to be higher you're going to be doing more and people are going to pay more but they're going to expect a certain level of service so you want to if you're going to do that sort of thing fine but you want to test it out first maybe do a content day or something first and then, of course, if you're doing the, the other end of the scale, if you're doing a free event or a low-cost event, you are going to attract a certain type of person, and that is not a bad thing. But when it comes to free events, people say, yes, I'm going to come. But because they haven't invested anything, they often drop out. So you will have uh, a lower amount of people actually turn up than what, the, what register interest. So there's lots of different things to consider when you, you're putting on your event. but what you're doing, how you're going to explain that to everybody else and where you're going to price that are going to be your top thoughts. Yes, that's so interesting. <laughs> I think that is such a good point too that where you price your event is kind of the people that you're going to attract as well. And I know I've been to not networking events but just seminars and things and I know now if they're free or if they're cheap, they're just going to be selling to me the entire day and they're going to be trying to upsell me to a program or something like that. Whereas I've noticed mm. some of the ones I go to where I pay a bit more, they're usually just speakers who have come to share their experience and they're, they're just trying to impart some knowledge on you. They're not trying to buy, get by my program and things like that. Cause it's so, it's such a icky feeling. And I feel like that's what you've obviously experienced at networking events in the past. And I love that your event is just so like you even say, don't even bring, you know, no business cards, not pitching or anything like that. It's just making those connections. And I think getting clear on what you really want is like what you want out of the event, like you said, and who you're targeting is so important as well. Um, mm -hmm. I guess another question would be if you were, if someone was thinking of starting an event, I know if I was thinking of doing one, I would be afraid that I don't have enough of a network or I don't know enough people to attend the event. So I guess like, how did you feel at the start? Did you feel, sort of feel like that or did you already have a network of people? Um, I, I, I always bring this back to that 10 year old that's having a birthday party and you're worried that nobody's going to turn up. I feel like that every time I put what? on an event. No. Every single time. That can't be yeah. it. <laughs> no, every, really? every single time. It wow. is wild. <laughs> but it's, it's just that, it's just that thing. And you've got to get, you've got to get comfortable with that feeling of, oh my God, I don't know if this is going to work, but I'm going to give it a go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you, 
if I only did things that made me feel comfortable, I would probably eat chips and sit on the lounge all day. Like that would be it. <laughs> I'd be really uncomfortable eventually, but that's what I, I think of when I think of comfort, right? Yeah. I think that if you start with a number, for me, I literally put it out there and said, you know what, if I end up and it's just my mom and I having champagne on a Friday, this is still success for me. I'm still connecting. I'm still spending Friday morning having a glass of champagne and some brunch and we can talk about things. Yep. Yeah. Great. So, and I have actually had one person stand up to an event before and it has been myself. I was the speaker and, and this one other person, but her and I had the nicest brunch and she got me for two hours to herself. We spoke about everything. She took home the lucky door prize and I would still call that a success. Yeah, like, definitely. Great. It was excellent. <laughs> but yeah. it was it was certainly a knock to my confidence at the time. But what I have always said about my events is that I will turn up even if there's only one person. As long as people are turning up, I'm turning up too. And my word is really important to me. It's one. Of, it's that integrity piece for me. I I try to only agree to things when I actually want to, and it aligns with me. But even still, sometimes you don't have that uh, luxury. So if I say I'm going to do a thing, then I do the thing, unless I'm literally in hospital on my deathbed. There is a reason that I'm not doing the thing. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> have a number of people. If you only want or need 10 people, then reach out to 30, 40, 50. I don't know what your conversion rate is. Mm -hmm. The more that you put it out there, the more that you are going to have that conversation, you're going to get the practice for one, but also you have a bigger network than you really realize. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really interesting. People go, "Mm, I can only think of like five people that I know. Cool. So ask those five people that you know to also share it for you because people, especially women and especially women in business because they get it, people are happy to help you because it makes them feel good too. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, there's some people you don't want to get into bed with, but that's another conversation. (laughs) Reach out to your five friends. Ask them to reach out to five of their friends. Share a link put it on their Instagram story, whatever, whatever, and you already have your five friends become 25, become 50, become 100. Mm-hmm. So just reach out to your, your little group. Mm-hmm. It's okay if you do a small thing first. I feel like everybody wants to do the biggest and the best and be the flashiest and all that sort of stuff, and that's great, but you've got to have the cash behind you to be able to do that. Obviously, there are other other parts where if you already have a network and you already have relationships with all of these different brands and uh, and other people that you can call on, great, you can put on a, a big to-do, but it's probably going to be a party where you're launching something and there's going to be, um, you know, booze and food and, and some music and people are going to come and get some photos for their Instagram. Mm-hmm. And that's fine if that's what you want to put on. Mm-hmm. So it, it just, there's many things here where it's like, well, it depends. Yes. And I, I would think, give it a go. Why not? What's the yeah. worst that you can happen? You don't have an event now. And if you don't put on an event, you still don't have an event. So the only way to start something is to 
give it a shot. A try. Yeah, I agree. Just give, I love just that. Try. I Why love not? you sharing the story too of one person showing up because that's such a good story. <laughs> like it's I mean, all the events that I've been to of yours have had lots of people there. So it's funny to hear that that, you know, that, that like I would never known that that would have happened, you know, looking at you now and, and how much your events have grown. So that's very, very cool to hear. And I think it's also nice to know, like everybody has to start out somewhere and sometimes things don't go as you had hoped, but as you Mm -hmm. said, it's never a loss and it's, it's just a, an experience and you keep moving forward. And I think it's good too, that you talked about setting a goal. I actually heard something the other day about setting goals for things of numbers and doing a good better and best goal. So having three tiers of a goal where it's like, if I get this amount of people, that's good. But if I can get this, it's even better. And if I can get this, it's like the best ultimate goal and kind of structuring things like that so that you can achieve those goals. And so if you don't hit like the top one, it's okay. It's still good. You still reached, you know, a certain point that you were aiming for. So I love that. Just setting that intention and relying on the people that you do know. And you're right. Your network is bigger than what you often realize that it actually mm-hmm. is. So um, I would love to know as well, just speaking about networking, you obviously do a lot of networking from your events that you run. You meet a lot of people. How do you mm-hmm. sort of approach networking or how do you, what's your viewpoint on networking? Oh, I think there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. Um, I know that I've spoken a lot about, you know, going to these events where people were selling and business cards and stuff. I, there is a place for that and I, I'm not saying that my way is the only way because I'm not that psycho. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit, but not the whole way. No, just kidding. Um, I, I think that there is a time and a place for everything and that there is a right way and a wrong way to network. So the number one thing I would think is to have a look at what you're turning up to. What is the event that you are attending? Um, on my way to an event, I'm setting an intention, especially when it's my own event. I am setting an intention on how my energy is going to be, how I'm going to make people feel. I'm thinking about what I have to share. Um, I'm thinking about things that I can ask people. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, that's right. I have to get back to such and such about this thing that we were talking about last time. So I'm, I'm thinking about, okay, in two hours' time, I'm going to be in front of people and this is how I want to appear. This is how I want to feel. This is how I want them to feel and to think. And this is what I want people to walk away from me with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would think that if you are networking, the number one thing is what are you turning up to? Think about what do I have to share? So things like what you've been working on what you've been listening to, what you've been reading, this system that you're using, this event that you went to last week. Because I can tell you that nothing kills a conversation faster than you saying, oh, hey, how are you? It's nice to see you. What have you been doing? Oh, yeah, you know, just working. Uh, okay. <laughs> it, what, what else do I say to that? You've got to be part of the conversation. Yeah. And part of being a great conversationalist, as you will know, hosting a podcast is asking good questions mm-hmm. so have something to share but also have something to ask that isn't how are you what have you been up to ask them have you been listening to a podcast have you been interviewed lately you know mm-hmm. uh have you been seeing this thing have you watched this youtube 
you know, I can tell you that I watched Diary of a CEO. Yes, um, not yesterday. That was last week now. I'm very confused on what day it is. <laughs> and it was brilliant. And it was with the top researcher of Whoop. And I will go into a 10-minute monologue about <laughs> how many things I learned from that. But it's interesting and people can start to relate. And when you have something good to say or you have some good questions to ask, people can settle down a little bit because everybody's nervous when they go to an event. Mm-hmm. You're turning up alone. It's not exactly the most comfortable thing to do. I do it all the time and I know I make it look easy, but I'm really good at that now because I have a lot of practice. I I walk up and I hug complete strangers and hope that they're accepting of that hug. <laughs> you know, that's, that's where we're at right now. Yep. So the other part of networking is having appropriate conversations. Mm-hmm. So you might know someone really well and be having a good old chat about this and that, but maybe that conversation is better over cocktails afterwards because there's people around you as well who maybe you don't need to talk to your best mate who you've known for 10 years at this networking event where you're meant to be meeting people. So. Mm-hmm. Keeping the uh, conversation appropriate for the setting is important. I am also really big on um, showing appreciation to the person who's put it on. Uh, I mean, I'm coming from a place of I do this all the time. I know how much work is involved. But a simple thank you, um, sharing it online, tagging them on your story or in a post or whatever, that kind of thing means a lot and it is a free way it doesn't cost you anything it strengthens your relationship with the organizer like there's all of these plus 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 why would you not do that Mm -hmm. you know if your networking is supposed to be building relationships then this doesn't end when you leave the event it Mm -hmm. the time you walk out the door doesn't mean oh well I can just go back to whatever now like the point of doing this is to create and and nurture relationships with other people. And that is what business is at its core, is relationships with other people. Yeah. So lots of things to think about, but main one is what am I turning up to? What is my intention? What do I have to share? What questions do I have to ask? Thank the person who put it on. And I don't know, just be intentional about how you're spending your time. Yeah, I love that. I love like the thought of setting the intention before you walk in. So you're not just walking in blindly like, oh, I just have to make it through this the next couple of hours. You're walking in with that real intention of what do I want to feel? How do I want to make other people feel? How do I want to present myself? Like all these, you know, positive ways of thinking. In a fast-paced world, time is everything. And for busy business owners like you, efficiency is key. That's why I use Flowdesk, the ultimate email building platform designed to save you time and skyrocket your business success. With Flowdesk, creating stunning emails is a breeze. Say goodbye to complicated interfaces and coding. Flowdesk user-friendly editor empowers you to design captivating emails in minutes. They also have amazing automations which help you to save time and money. If you've ever gotten an email from me, you would have seen the beautiful design as I use Flowdesk for all my emails. Flowdesk offers a vast collection of templates crafted to match your brand's unique style. 
If you are interested in trying Flowdesk on a free trial, you can go to shakirajade.com forward slash Flowdesk to find out more or use my code shakirajade at checkout to save 50% off your first year. Join myself and thousands of other entrepreneurs who use and trust Flowdesk. And I love that you said as well, having the appropriate conversations, because I previously would only go to events if I could bring a friend with me. If there was one on and I didn't have anyone to go with or no one was available that day, I would not go because I was like, I'm not going on my own. That's terrifying. But actually what I've come to realize is that it's nice to go with friends, but then you have that safety net and you really don't meet as many people and you don't push yourself out of your comfort zone because it's too easy to just sit there and talk to them than it is to go over to someone in the corner that you haven't met before and and strike up a conversation. So I definitely think if anyone is listening and they want to go to events, I I know it's scary to go on your own, but I think it is, you're actually going to meet a lot more people. You're going to gain a lot more back. You're going to push yourself out Mm. of your comfort zone and you'll, I guarantee you'll leave feeling amazing when you just take that step. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. You know, absolutely every month that I hold an event, I get minimum three messages with people asking me, is it okay for me to come on my own? Really? Literally every month. Wow. Every time I hold an event. And you know what? I love that people are asking the question and I can imagine that if I'm getting three messages like every every other month, Every, every month that I hold an event because I don't hold one every month. Uh, but if I'm getting that many messages, how many am I not getting? And how many people are sitting there going exactly what you just said? I, I don't have anyone to go with and therefore I'm not going. But if, if the idea is that you need connection and none of your current circle are available, then what else are you doing to get that need met? Mm-hmm. And also... If, and this is how I try to think about things. If I'm feeling a certain way, then I can guarantee that somebody else is feeling a certain way. And maybe those that myself and this other person, we might get to sit next to each other or across from each other. We might get to have a coffee, you know, something like that. And maybe that changes my life. Maybe that changes their life, even if it's just for the hour, you know, yeah. what what can you do to get yourself out of that anyway? Maybe you've got some, um, so for example, the Facebook groups and the Facebook events and stuff. Maybe you can have a look at who's saying they're interested or they're going. And if you've got someone on your friends list that maybe isn't actually a friend, they're an acquaintance of some description, you might have met them at another event at some point. Maybe they can be your buddy. You don't really know them so well, so it's not, so uncomfortable but there's someone that you can go with or at least meet there and you guys can both meet more people and it'll make it easier for the two of you and just practice like kind of getting into a hot bath you know you dip your toe in and then you kind of put your foot in and then it goes up your your leg and and on and on you kind of get used to it a little bit get used to the temperature I don't know yeah do it anyway yeah <laughs> you'll have honestly. so much more fun exactly I, I couldn't agree more. and if you don't it's hilarious later yeah <laughs> it's a great story exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um right. the I other agree. thing actually that I suggest people do is leave yourself more time to get to an event mm. the amount of people that come to my events and I draw mud maps 
and I have exact directions on this is how to get to the parking and this is where the lift is and everybody at some time or another ends up taking the wrong lift and ending up in the middle of surface paradise going, oh my God, where am I? Mm -hmm. And then they come in and they're frazzled, right? Mm -hmm. Because they didn't know where they were going. Leave yourself more time for the shit to hit the fan and you won't feel on top of the social anxiety feeling. You won't feel like, oh my God, this was the worst idea ever. Mm -hmm. Why did I do this to myself? So leave yourself some time, find yourself maybe a buddy, have a look at the guest list, get amongst it. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. That's such a good, that is such a good point because I think I've been to an event before where I got there and I was late and I'm like, I'm not going in because I don't want to be the person walking in. I'm too embarrassed, you know, so you don't want to like miss out on things, you know, so definitely, yeah, that's a really good tip, leaving yourself enough time. And even if you do get there early, you could just sit in the car and again, think about what your intention is for the event, you know, channel Mm -hmm. that energy of the the person that you want to be and the way that you want to, you know, impact on others and take that extra time to just center yourself before you go into the event. It's never going to be a bad thing, you know, so great tip. Yeah. I have another question too, I guess on more of a personal business journey, what Mm -hmm. would you say has been one of your biggest challenges that you faced in your business and how you've managed to work through that or how you've managed to overcome it? several my major thing has been I think mental and physical health I I don't keep it a secret that I have been through uh actually trigger warning I don't keep it a secret that I have been through domestic violence and and all of that sort of thing I also had a major car crash when I was 24 uh, I was in a four car pile up on the M1 and after that got diagnosed with PTSD and I was like, <laughs> you think? Now I just also hate driving. Great. Mm-hmm. So mental health has always been a big thing with me. I always, uh, as an adult, I don't remember a time where I didn't have depression and or anxiety and PTSD on top of that, which was a lot of fun. So I feel like my mental health has probably been my biggest challenge mm-hmm. I also uh, in my late 20s ended up with uh, skin cancer and melanoma so I've had several of these things cut out as well and you just kind of you get into this feeling of like oh boo well with me rah, rah, rah. and that's when I know I'm not doing well so for me the major is is maintaining my health mm-hmm. and so that looks like although I do Half on a little bit about woohoo, champagne for breakfast on a Friday. I kind of don't drink that much anymore. So you will see me once a month with a glass in my hand. You know what I mean? Um, whereas back then, and for probably the first couple of years of having my, my own business, I was having, you know, a bottle of wine a night while I was cooking and it was fine because I had my roommate here and, and, you know, all the excuses that go along with it. But what that meant was I didn't sleep well. And that meant that it made it really difficult to get out of bed in the morning and go and walk my dog. I didn't want to go to the gym. And then there's the knock-on effect of, oh, you know, I'm going to eat this kind of food and then that knock-on effect and so on and so forth, right? So everything that you do starts with your health. And it it means that, yes, having that snack at 10 o'clock at night is going to disturb your sleep. And that is going to have an effect on how well 
you're going to function tomorrow or deal with stress or maybe you have a staff member or a client who's going to annoy you more than they might have because you know what you had that snack at 10 o'clock at night and your body was still up digesting it while you were trying to sleep so um, yeah, my my biggest challenges have always been homegrown, <laughs> uh, being that you know I am uh, I am constantly pushing boundaries <laughs> and sometimes learning lessons the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> but getting a good sleep, uh, making sure you've got the right people around you, um, being really mindful of what you are consuming, both. Um, putting into your mouth but also uh, on social media or the things that you're listening to or the, um, you know watching all of the news and stuff I, I won't watch the news same you know local news not happening uh, if I need to know what the weather is I'm going to get on google you know there's just there's lots of things that you need to do and being intentional and mindful and all of that sort of stuff. And then also moving your body, getting sunlight in your eyes, you know, getting a good sleep. I sound like I'm 35 because I am. <laughs> but these are the things that have been the biggest challenge for me and has taken the longest time for me to work out was, okay, moving from survival mode to good, now I can maintain this and now actually thrive. So that's probably been my last decade of lesson. <laughs> this is how I need to operate in order to actually thrive in my business. Yes, but just day to day life. Yeah, that's so interesting. I love that reflection. Like that is, that's not what I was expecting you to say, but that is such <laughs> a good point because it also affects everyone. And I relate to you so much with what you're saying, especially with the drinking I was the exact same when I started my business and when things would get stressful, I would drink to relieve my stress. I just didn't know how to cope with the level of stress that I was experiencing and the challenges of running a business or dealing mm -hmm. with people and dealing with team members. And I would drink and I wouldn't sleep well. And then the cycle would just repeat the next day. And it really was, I was at the same stage as you where I'd drink a bottle of wine at night and I wouldn't even be drunk or anything, but I would just, nice. it was like, I just needed that to cope, you know, and I had to really work through that and kind of come to the same realization is exactly what you said that you really, mm -hmm. it's not going to be the best way to live your life and you need to find other ways to you know, work on your mental health. And for me, working out is a big one, like going to the gym, training. I feel like that really helps me mentally. And I know I'm mm -hmm. able to show up as a better leader. And even what you said with um, someone might annoy you more. And I'm even thinking back now, I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure there were times where people annoyed me and they weren't even doing anything, but it was, it was me who just was so irritated or on edge from not sleeping properly or from that level mm -hmm. of stress. And I also think it's so hard to, you can definitely grow your business to a point being under a lot of pressure and a lot of stress, but you become bottlenecked if you don't address the issue and you don't figure out a way to manage the stress and to mentally cope with everything. You will hit, you'll hit a glass ceiling and, and you won't be able to break through it until you figure out how to take care of yourself and how to cope with things because it's, yeah. we need to be in our best our best selves to be able to run a business because it's not easy. It is hard and there are challenges and you really have to be mentally sharp. So you can't do that mm -hmm. if you're, you know, extremely tired and you're irritable and all these things because you're not taking care of yourself. 
Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I love that. That was a really, and, really um, good reflection. <laughs> Thanks. If it's not one thing, it's another, right? Um, <laughs> I feel like you sort of trade uh, alcohol for maybe work or whatever that looks like, but it's it's just about choosing. This is what I want my life to be, and therefore what am I doing every day to make sure that that's what it looks like or that's where I get to. Mm. And I don't know, drinking a bottle of wine, don't get me wrong, I don't get hangovers. So mm. I don't suffer the consequences in that way. Yeah. Um, I probably would have given up drinking entirely a long time ago if I, if I actually did. But uh, anyway, point in case, you're not suffering the consequences in that way, but there's still so many other areas of your life that are suffering when you are using coping mechanisms rather than actually sorting out what the issue is and working through that, or even just getting used to the feeling of, you know what, I've had a bad day and I'm upset and that's cool. Mm. But instead of downing a bottle of wine, I'm going to sit on the floor with my dog. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to call a girlfriend. I'm going to go to the gym. Like you say, you know, there's so many other ways that we can make ourselves feel better. And one of those includes just sitting in it and feeling it and getting through it. Yeah. Feeling the feelings. It's funny too, yeah. because when I was going through that period, people would say things like that, like, just go for a walk. And I'd be like, drink wine or go for a walk. You've got to be kidding me. Like, is this a joke? Of course, I'm going to take drinking the wine, you know? And when I was in that phase, it was so hard for me to imagine that there could be another way because I was so used to just dealing mm-hmm. with my stress and dealing and being able to unwind in that particular way. So, but I just mm-hmm. want to stress that it can be done. And, you know, we're both examples of that, that we've figured this out and we've been able to work through you know, those feelings and get to a better place where you can function optimally. I think someone that often talks about this too is Tony Robbins. He always speaks about being in peak state and being able to be a top performer. You've got to be in peak state. And he has all these things he does. He was doing the ice bath like way before they were a cool thing on Instagram that everyone was doing and really putting his body in peak state to, you know, be that top performer and be able to perform every single day. So you have to almost treat your body like it's a a part of your business. You know, it's not separate to your business. It's a part of it. And if you're not taking care of it, then, you know, your business isn't going to be taken care of as well. So I think that is such a good point. And I also just wanted to ask you one last question before we wrap up. What is something that you perhaps think about a lot, but you don't talk about a lot? Oh, that's a good one. I think about a lot who I'm spending time with, Mm. but I probably don't talk about it that much outside of my very immediate circle. Mm -hmm. I'm big on that idea that, you know, the, the people you spend the most time with, the five people you spend the most time with, you become. And it's it's really true. <laughs> and I feel like as I get a little bit older and I've been through some stuff and especially having a business, I'm talking to people and meeting people and hosting events and doing all the things all the time. But if I could teach my younger self anything, it would be to step back a little bit and really the person in front of me not necessarily judging them but like do I want to bring that kind of energy into my world do I want to bring that kind of drama do I want to participate in 
that kind of behavior, does that equal the thing that I am working towards? Can I give anything here? Can I receive anything here? Is this going to be mutually beneficial? And actually stopping in and thinking about that a little bit more. Um, I have in the past, especially having a business, um, I've been so excited by ideas and potential and opportunity and that sort of stuff and have absolutely gotten in and started working with people that I probably shouldn't have, aligned myself with people that I probably shouldn't have. Um, I mean, out of those situations, I've got some great friends and some great contacts and I've learned some excellent lessons. But now I take a minute and it's that pause to just evaluate the situation and actually check in with, how am I feeling here? Is there any alarm bells going off? Am I feeling like my temperature rise? Is my heart beating faster? Like, is there anything here that I am trying to silence in order to people please? Is this something I actually want to do? Is this something that I can come back to later? Like, put a pin in it. Actually, I don't know. When do you need to know by? You know, and just giving yourself a bit more permission to not just say yes to everyone and everything and doing all the things you know, because FOMO told you so, but just really saying yes to things you mean to say yes to and people who you mean to say yes to rather than just being everyone's bestie and being liked by everyone but kind of loved by no one, if you will. Yeah, that is so interesting. I feel like it's been on my mind a lot lately too, which is really funny that you say that. And I actually, I had an idea for something recently and I spoke to a couple of my friends about it and I spoke to one person and they gave such a negative response to my idea. And I was like, immediately as they were speaking, I was like, where is this coming from? Like, they're just projecting all this fear out onto me about what if it doesn't work and this and that. And I was thinking to myself, imagine if every person in my life had that same kind of fear mindset and I was bringing this idea to all those people and every person gave me that same response, I'm probably not going to go ahead and do the scary thing and and step out of my comfort zone because everybody's saying I shouldn't do it. So it's so Mm -hmm. important, I think, to have those people in your life and surround yourself with people that are going to be supportive and upbuilding and, you know, truly want the best for you and will, you know, of course, they'll, they'll tell you if they think you're really making a, a wrong decision or you're going in the wrong direction. But for the most part, just that that support and that, you know, the, the like-minded mindset, it's so important. And it's, it's especially running a business. If you don't surround yourself with people like that, you're going to really struggle to get ahead if you're being constantly met with that negativity and that feedback. Yes, for sure. It's not for everyone. Yeah, that's the life. (laughs) I want to know what this idea is now. (laughs) Oh yeah, (laughs) well, I mean, I think it's a good idea. (laughs) But um, yeah, it was just it it was just so interesting. It's like interesting to observe, and I think it's nice too if you can sit back and observe conversations instead of taking it to heart or getting upset. Like there was not one part of me that felt like, oh, I'm upset that they said that. I just was like, okay, that's their opinion. And that's what mm-hmm. they think and that's fine. They can have their opinion, but I'm not going to take it on board. I'm choosing not to and I'm, mm-hmm. you know, that's fine. I think it's good to be able to get to that point, you know, so. That's great. confidence. Bravo. I love that for you. 
thank you. <laughs> thank you. It's a work. It's taken me a while to get there and I'm a work in progress, but you know, we're always working to, to get to that point. So, um, I would love yeah. if you could tell my listeners just where they can find you, if they want to follow you, if they want to come to one of your wonderful events, where can they find you? Uh, I'm all over the place. So you'll find me on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I mean, I have a TikTok, but she hasn't had any love lately. So uh, on Instagram, I am at empower.house, or you can find my events at the Brunch Club events. Mm-hmm. And on Facebook, I'm the same, Empower House. There's also a Facebook group for the Brunch Club, which is also a little bit of a business owners group. Mm-hmm. And that's the Brunch Club by Empower House. Amazing. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I've had the best time speaking with you and I can't wait to speak with you soon. Thank you so much. Can't wait to have you speaking at my events in a couple of weeks. How exciting. So exciting. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode. I thoroughly enjoyed speaking with Lauren. She is such an amazing human being. She's accomplished so much. She has such a big heart and she really is the go-to for when it comes to organizing events. Her events are second to none and I absolutely love attending them. I am very excited to speak at this week's event and I just know she has so much to offer. So make sure you guys go over, give her a follow if you're able to attend one of her events. I would highly recommend it. And thank you so much again for listening. I'll be back here next week. See you guys then. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If you enjoyed it or got some value from it, please share it with a friend who you think might like it also. If you're feeling extra generous, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This helps me to reach more people and spread my message to those who need it the most when growing their business. Thanks once again, and I'll see you here next week.